what we consider normal now is never going to be again. Exactly. But we don't know in what capacity. Hello, you're listening to the Sounds in Silence podcast, the podcast where I, your host Jess, interview music teachers from across the country and around the globe about their experiences with distance teaching. Today, we're speaking with Katie. Katie is a high school orchestra director in Indiana. And as you'll hear, she's actually starting a new job as a middle school orchestra director. So thank you for tuning in to the Sounds in Silence podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show. Let's welcome Katie. How is, how is teaching? I, I'm curious, especially how things have changed and how your focus has changed on what, what you want them to learn and what's valuable. Yeah, so my like focus for the whole school year has changed to maintenance rather than new concepts, which is kind of like it'll sustain for the rest of the school year, but it's not going to sustain us for like a new school year. At the end of the school year, normally like in the last four weeks of school, my kids would do a wedding project where they learn how to play a wedding gig. Um, and so they break into chamber ensembles and, um, they have to like write a musician's contract and they have to, um, they have to arrange one piece of music for their quartet. And it's like, they don't, they don't have to arrange all of it, just some of it. And then they have to play a processional and like modify it to the length of our aisle. And we make like, we make a whole fake mock wedding in our classroom and that kind of thing. Um, just because I want to teach them like practical skills and that project has turned into a solo project where they're just they're learning a solo and they're learning how to like program for a solo and uh write program notes and then how obviously how to practice for a solo so like so like they'll have a a lesson with me and they'll play some of their stuff and we'll work on it otherwise they have to make like a practice journal for the week and like it's been effective and their solos are sounding fine it's just like it's not ensemble stuff you know yeah it's not the same for sure yeah so i think that's the hardest thing because i can't give i can't give them the ensemble experience that like you know makes you want to do orchestra um and some some kids are like yes i really love this because i miss I I always want to play melody and I'm, you know, I play the second violin 80% of the time. So some kids are like, I'm thriving and surviving. And some kids are like, "Uh, I don't like this. The biggest thing that concerns me is I have like out of a class of maybe 36, I have maybe like 18 to 20 who are responding. That's what I've heard from everyone consistently is that they're not getting everyone back or, you know, they're not hearing everyone. Yeah. Like how many of my kids don't have Wi-Fi as a standard utility to them? There's a lot of accidental discrimination. Um, And we're thinking like, oh yeah, well now that we have one-to-one with devices, we can definitely do this. But that's like, we don't, my school district doesn't have buses parking everywhere to provide a a Wi-Fi hotspot. 
we're telling them that they can go to the school parking lot, but who can take them there, you know? Or the public library has Wi-Fi extension out into their parking lots. We can ask them to go to those places, but what if they can't? It's accidental socioeconomic discrimination. And those kids aren't being taught because they don't have access to internet. Well, and it, it's, it's kind of weird because it's like, are you asking kids to sit in a hot parking lot all day? I mean, recently it's been like, sit in a cold parking lot, sit in your car and keep it on so you stay warm while you do your homework. They basically have told us at my school district that like whatever grade they had at midterm, which actually midterms were on March 13th, um, midterm grades were due and that was our last day of school. So whatever grade they had on our last day of school, we're not supposed to go lower than that. I've heard a lot of districts have decided to do that. Is school like still mandatory for everyone at your district? How do you mean? I've heard with some districts, they've basically told the kids that, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same where it's like, they're not going to get penalized for not being able to attend school. And then for some, they've even been told it's optional. Oh, we've not been told that it's optional. Our kids have not formally been told about the grades either. So like they might've heard through their teachers or through like friends who have parents who are teachers, but you know, we're like still encouraging them to get everything done. So like um, our principal was like, you, you can choose to give more assignments the last week of school, or you can choose to let your kids have time to, to actually get their stuff done which kind of goes against my normal philosophy, which with the whole wedding project that mm-hmm. they do normally, um, it's like a project that allows me to teach until the very last day of school. And so their final exam is the wedding and we're rehearsing and going over stuff until the last day of school. There's a lot of teachers who are like, ah, oh, it's the last week. Like we're just not going to do it. And I get really frustrated that teachers aren't using all of the time that we have. And so it's been like a project for me to say, okay, let's, you know, let's do all of this. Let's use every day that we have. And like my kids know that I'm going to take it seriously, but they also know that it's going to be fun. Like when we do a mock wedding, there's somebody volunteers to be the officiant and two people actually get fake married. And they're like, they, they make fun out of it. It's like a, it's like a gaudy pageant involving a lot of toilet paper that lines. We make like toilet paper um, decorations and they wear the terrible old orchestra dresses that are like, they look like something that Wednesday Adams might have worn (laughs) in the original um, Adams family. I don't know. They're like, they're, they're the worst dresses, but the kids are like, can we get out the ugly old orchestra dresses for our <laughs> wedding dresses? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. So I we just have they're fun. All like, let's wear all solid black. I would go into the costume closet and pull a bunch of like terribly ugly dresses just for funsies, but they always ask for the old orchestra dresses. So I don't offer anything else. That's really funny. So, you, you can't I mean, advertise that you used to use toilet paper decorations anymore. 
someone would oh, I know. fight I know. you over that. <laughs> yeah, people would, they would kill me for it. God, and then they would, you know, build a fort out of it. Gosh. Yeah, I think that's where my teaching is. It's like, it's had to change. I, I like that I'm able to get more individualized attention with my kids. I do like that. Do you think your like relationship with the students has changed at all? With some of them, yeah. Some of them it's gotten better because because of working one-on-one. Like I've gotten to know them differently because normally they'd be just like quieter in class and not speak out and ask questions and that kind of thing. And then other students, they like, I don't know if it's changed or not because I think, like, because I haven't heard from them. Yeah. It's, it's not ideal. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm most nervous about like, what if we start the school year like this? How, uh, how? <laughs> yeah. I'm really curious. Like, what are your thoughts on going into this new job? Cause I think you're kind of in a unique spot. Um, I think my thoughts are like, kind of with my thoughts of like opening, opening the country back up and opening Indiana is starting to open back up. And I think it's too soon. I like firmly disagree um, with it. And people aren't, they're like, oh, well, the state's starting to open back up. So nobody's wearing masks anymore. And people are um, not keeping their six feet distance. And like, I would rather have gone out, you know, two weeks ago than go out now. Um, because people were more careful. But I think going into a new job, I just like, as long as there's proper care and protection for yourself and for the students, I think like, I think it's doable. Do you think they're going to be somewhat in person? I think it will be um, for Indiana, which I, I don't want it to be, but I think it will be. There's, there's a lot of like ideas going around. So I've heard people say like, well, what if we, it might be possible that we go to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule for school and have e-learning on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, to get kids, um, in school, but then to allow for like sanitation of the building. And then I've heard other people say, well, our school district has talked having in-person school, but like maintaining how many kids can be in the classroom and um also making sure that like a kid will come to the class and they'll sit at only their desk and they'll do all of their work from that one spot i i think it's too much but i also think if i was a parent i would if that was the case i'd be like we're not gonna do this Like, I wonder what the school dynamic is going to be like after all of this. Like, how many people are going to go to an online learning platform? There there are some kids who are doing better online. I'm curious to see how the face of actual schools change. You're right. If there's already resources online and parents are already having to deal with all this extra stuff, they might just go, whatever, we're just going to homeschool or we're going to sign up for online homeschool or whatever. Right. I don't know. Like, I mean, if that happens and there's going to be a surgence of like youth orchestra programs and youth music programs and like humans aren't meant for isolation. So it's interesting to see how people are coping with that. 
also with with kids especially like i think you know like we we learn socially and we look to people our own age or just a little older and it's like if you're you know an only child stuck with your parents your parents yeah your parent your parents are in a different space you know what i mean i think we as adults right it's already hard enough for for us to have yeah. to be alone but we at least have the headspace hopefully a lot of us do where we can say okay like this kind of sucks it's gonna suck but we can move forward knowing that it's gonna be a little miserable whereas I, I think knowing that it's gonna suck and we'll still be okay <laughs> right whereas I think kids it's like I don't know if they're in that headspace yet to 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 be thinking that and I think they need it more than us honestly yeah I don't know, like when I interviewed for the, for my new job, one of the questions, like, and one of the questions I asked the principal was what, what does the orchestra program do for the community in the, in the school, like for the school environment? And he had this like amazing answer on basically what the whole like fine arts department meant. And it's really cool to have an administrator that like has that thought and like the other people in the interview who are like a part of that department were like oh you know we haven't heard this from our principal like he hasn't just out and told them but they were like really excited to hear his answer too and like if we go back to school and we're focusing just on the core subjects how's the dynamic at school gonna change We've already had so much trouble focusing on core subjects in the way that we have. You know, there's so many complaints about it. There's a lot of, like, argument against it, especially when we switched kind of this, like, you need to learn these core subjects so you can have a job that benefits in this way. You know, not that it benefits society, but it benefits society. I mean, right, if we're looking at, like, education history, it benefits society in the space race is where a lot of our education came from. So I wonder if we're going to find that we're going to try and go back to that model and it's going to fall apart because we're not in that place anymore. Well, and I also kind of wonder about like the exams and such, like our country is so like heavily focused on standardized testing and all, a lot of it got canceled this year. Being a person who like, I don't test well and I know that, but also being a person who like, I hate quantifying a person. I literally have told myself that the moment they have a standardized test rollout for orchestras, the moment I will leave like public school education. There are two moments. One of them is if they were to ever ask teachers to be armed, which has been a stupid idea. The other one is like the moment orchestra becomes testable, like I will find a way to teach orchestra in a non-traditional manner because I don't want to be quantified by numbers and my students should be shouldn't be either we have these tests for like teacher accountability and for like guiding students success so then we call it student focused and it's not i hope that changes i hope that is something that changes with all the quarantine stuff like if we can make it this year without standardized testing um and our kids come out fine and our teachers come out fine like okay what next i also wonder how like 
disciplinary things like what it, what are their what are the disciplinary issues going to be when i get back to school because parents are realizing that maybe their students are a little insane sometimes like disciplinary things like my mom would have always said like if i had bad grades it was why do you have bad grades and it was a question towards me it wasn't a question towards my teacher why does katie have bad grades like why is this happening and my parents would talk to me and they'd say well if you have a question are you asking it or um what are you doing in class instead of paying attention um and now as a teacher like if i have a kid who has a c in my class it's guaranteed because they are skipping my class and they'll say well what are you doing to make my kid not skip class and i'm like submitting right. attendance like they need to be coming to class it's not it's not an option they're gonna lose their points right I, I would hope that in some areas at least the community around the students built up better where like parents and teachers will work together a little bit better because now they have to right the parents have to help tutor and have to watch their kid we'll see. i hope i hope that's a change that we see that would be really that would be ideal i think would be i definitely like i was talking to one of my principals which has been an interesting thing i as a teacher love that this is coming from my administrators that like um they're doing like bi-weekly check-ins where they're like calling us they're like hey how are you doing what can we do to help what are some things that you're struggling with what are some things that are going really well like they want to know but I didn't get that necessarily in person. My, I would just see them in the hallway and they'd be like, hey, how are you? And it seemed more like casual, but like they're formally like trying to make sure that we're supported in this time, which is like cool and different. And I appreciate, but I think like, I don't know where I was going with that. I just think it was really cool. <laughs> I like, went through this process with myself of learning to love my tone the same way that like a person learns to love their body, which is um, like, I don't know if it's a healthy thing or not, because like, I mean, my body image depends on the day, but like I've gotten to a point where there are parts of my tone that I absolutely love. And I have gotten to a point that I can say like, I'm not satisfied with that with like what I'm producing out of my cello, but I know that I'm satisfied with this. So how can I use that to like impact the parts that I'm not satisfied with? It's like a process. And that's one, like my kids, I took my kids to a clinic in January and the clinician, um, he, what he said was valid. How he said it was not appropriate. Um, and so he asked my kids, he said, do you like what you, do you like what you guys just made? Um, and that's like, that's, that's fine. I think it's kind of a basic way to ask, like, do you like how you sound? But then he said, would you buy an album of that? And then he told them that he would not. I, the thing that I took out of it was that I, I haven't talked to my kids very much up until that moment. I hadn't really talked to them about the process of myself learning to love my tone. Um, because I think I was just getting through that, like, and that, that was like the good thing I took out of that clinic, but like, that's something that I want to make sure that I teach my kids because if you don't love your sound, you're not going to love to play.
there's there's other ways to like to get to what he was trying to ask like i i would easily rather say like is is that a performance that you feel proud of and then if it's not something they're proud of then what what are the qualities that you want to improve on not like what was bad but like how can we grow to make us proud well and i had a student who responded who was like you know I would buy that. Like, I'm proud of how I performed there. You, and she was like, I'm proud of what we've done, but you don't know where we came from. And that's literally what she said to our clinician. I I love that. She's just like, she's ready. (laughs) We've created this, this whole environment where we say, here's this person who's like, so smart. Like, and, and, you know, obviously this isn't always the case, but it kind of gives us this like guys where it's like, Oh, smarter smarter than your own teacher you know it's like because they're so special well and we like put them on a pedestal because we see them once right and And then it's like on and then they use that to to be insulting it's very I think it's very egotistic of anyone in any field to assume that you are in front of a group of kids and they're all going to want to go in your field they're not going to most of these kids aren't going to be selling albums and they don't want to Yeah, my kids aren't, they're not gonna, like, they're not gonna become orchestral players, you know, professionally, or, like, soloists. I maybe have, like, one or two kids a year that want to study music, and, you know, like, sure, playing an instrument has had an impact on that, but they didn't join because they wanted to become a musician. They joined because they wanted the community. Right, they join, and that's a really good point, like, they're joining orchestra because they want to be an orchestra right now. Yeah. And so I like my, I always say like the goal, my goal in my classroom is to give my students the tools that they need to continue making and appreciating music when they're done with my class. Right. Um, But that like, that doesn't always mean that they're going to continue to play. You have to, you have to kind of attract them in the now and then give them options for the future. And you can't, you can't determine what option they choose. That concludes our first episode of the Sounds in Silence podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your feedback, suggestions, criticism. Maybe you have suggestions for new topics, interview topics. Maybe you don't like my voice. You can share that with me at soundsinsilence at gmail.com. That's soundsinsilence at gmail.com. If you would like to be interviewed or if you know someone who would be good on the show, please give us an email. Thanks for listening in, and I hope you tune in next week for our next episode.